Today's Bible reading is from Hebrews 12, verses 2 to 3. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set out before him, he endured the cross, scorning in its shame, and sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who faced opposition from sinners, so that you do not grow weary or lose heart. Hi. Many of us will have or had parents or grandparents who lived during the Second World War. And the question that that generation often gets asked is, uh, what did you do during the war? How did you get through things? Uh, my mum, for example, um, as a kid, uh, her house was bombed several times while they were down uh, in the Anderson shelters taking cover. Uh, they lived through the food rationing. Her dad was away in the army. and Eventually, she was evacuated from the city uh, where she was. But perhaps uh, we've been living through a time of crisis uh, where it'll be our turn to answer that question of endurance for ourselves. And when I think of endurance, I think of people like Bear Grylls. And not only has he been through a lot, not only does he write about inspiring people that have endured, um, but also he believes in people that if they dig a little deeper, um, that they would uh, come through a challenge or an endeavour that normally they wouldn't think they'd be able to get through. And in fact, his first encounter with death, uh, he talks about, was when he was aged eight. Uh, he was with his dad uh, up a mountain in Cyprus, and they lost their way during uh, a storm. And they spent the whole day and whole night exposed to the elements before they found a path down to safety. And he said this, he said, it scared me to death. Uh, but there was also a magic, the simplicity that this was a battle. The simplicity that this was a battle. And maybe that's one of the keys uh, to endurance, uh, simply recognising that it's a battle, a battle to survive, uh, a battle to get through, uh, the battle to overcome. And these past COVID months, uh, most countries have had their healthcare systems on a war footing. Field hospitals being built overnight to increase the capacity of beds and supplies and trained workers. Uh, whole sectors of industry in lockdown and shutdown. Uh, economic interventions from the war chest of the government. Uh, and many will have benefited from the purse strings uh, of uh, Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor. Every aspect uh, of life, national and global, is having to rethink what will make it resilient for the future in a COVID-19 world or a post-COVID-19 world. Uh, public healthcare approaches to the pandemic and future pandemics in the news just this week. You know, critical healthcare infrastructure for our ongoing, everyday serious healthcare needs that we need to continue with uh, despite a pandemic. Uh, strategic reserves of key supplies and critical medical equipment. Financial systems and economic response strategies that counter such global shocks, schools and universities integrating classroom and distance learning uh, at the city level. Uh, even this week, Birmingham heading up uh, the local uh, lockdown list. Um, at the church level, church is trying to navigate the way through uh, and journey the way through uh, this crisis. And on a personal level, you know, every single one of us has had our own unique pathway to walk. You know, your walk will have been very different to mine. Different factors shaping your particular route through things. It may be the health factors and health fears that you faced. Relational pressures, everybody having to live in the same house, work in the same house, 
um, or actually relational isolation, financial pressures, uh, or perhaps financial blessings, uh, courtesy of the government, um, exam result challenges, and making future decisions, workplace challenges, furlough challenges, redundancy challenges, loss of income, uh, home office challenges, homeschooling challenges, and faith challenges. You know, what's our faith been like through this? And as it's been said, we've all been facing the same storm, but perhaps we've all been in different boats. And so always look at resilience and endurance today. You may, your needs may be different to someone else's need for it. It may be very personal for you. It may be physical health, mental health, financial health, or it could be something very practical. Uh, it may be that you need it for uh, what you face at work uh, this week. You know, you've got so much to do. You've got so much to relearn uh, for this new world. Uh, you may need it for your family uh, or at home, as we saw in the video. Uh, or it may be uh, your faith is struggling in some way um, as a Christian. Or you're looking to see if church might have the answers to a world that is being shaken. You know, what, what hope is there? in this world surely there are answers somewhere so whatever your situation we all need endurance uh, and maybe a first question to ask ourselves is simply that is where do i need it most this week you know what what areas that i've touched on so far have resonated most strongly for you you know maybe grab a, a paper a bit of paper and pen uh, or on your phone and just write down the answer to that question in what area of my life do i most need endurance and resilience this week you know where's the biggest inner battle or challenge that i'm going to be facing and week after week day after day we go into the bible for god's wisdom uh, on the matter and uh, we read this week or i've had read this week the incredible model of jesus and his endurance in suffering through the crucifixion uh, Hebrews 12 verses 2 to 3 you know let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God so consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart so to endure means to bear up under trial, to continue when the going is tough. And it's the key theme of this whole chapter, uh, in fact, the whole book of Hebrews. Back a couple of chapters in chapter 10 and verse 32 to 39, you can read yourself of the significant time of testing that the Christians were going through. They were going through a really hard, hard time and they were tempted to give up. And in chapter 12, verse 4, it tells us that they had not yet had to die for their faith, but their situation was not getting easier. So it was a tough thing that they were facing and having to endure. And thankfully, most of us will not be called to die for Jesus, but we are called to live for Jesus. And that itself can be challenging enough. And so the writer gives a number of encouragements to keep them going and to keep them growing through their challenges. And I think it's helpful to remember that both of those are important as we go through trials. We need to keep going, but as we do, we will find we keep growing. So firstly, 
As we've seen in previous weeks, we have the example of Jesus and the heroes of faith. You know, chapter 11 of Hebrews is that incredible list of all the heroes of the Bible, uh, the heroes of faith uh, as they're known. Uh, it's arguably a more impressive list than, than any of the Bear Grylls books. You know, even all of the great heroics that he writes about of other people through history. This is a, an incredible list, an impressive list of people. Um, and these are the great cloud of witnesses that cheer us on when we face our own challenges. And go and read uh, chapter 11 uh, for yourself. And here we're to fix our eyes, not only knowing that they're behind us, uh, cheering us on, but also on Jesus, as we saw last week, who endured the horrors of torture and crucifixion, nailed naked to a cross, yet scorns its shame. And he's left for six hours to die slowly in unthinkable pain as his life ebbed away. And what kept him on that cross? Because it wasn't the nails, actually, but it was my sin. And when I think of that, that, that breaks my heart. And, and it was your sin and all that we've done wrong. And his love for you and his love for me because he wants and knows that it can be different. And that's the joy that he set before him that enabled him to endure the cross. His joy was wanting to present us before the Father in heaven on a day, uh, in, in heaven one day, uh, as changed people, to present us to him. Jude 24 puts it beautifully. To him who is able to keep you all from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. With great joy. That's, that's the, the possibility that he saw. And that's what kept him going and enduring the pain as he went through the cross. He's our model. Secondly, we're never to forget that we are God's children. That you are God's child, his son, his daughter. He delights in you and he loves you deeply. Hebrews 12 verse 7 says endure hardship as discipline God is treating you as sons they had forgotten uh, the people that, that he's writing to here they've forgotten that difficulty and hardship and suffering was not punishment but training training verse 11 no discipline seems pleasant at the time it doesn't it's painful Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. So punishment comes from a judge, but training comes from a loving parent. And God is our loving father. Now, the world, the flesh and the devil will tell you that our trials in life are proof that God doesn't love you. You know, things are going wrong. God doesn't love you here. God's word says that sufferings are the best proof that he does love you because he wants to equip us. He wants to train us. He wants to build our resilience uh, as a father does to a child. Now, we might fight that and grow bitter. We might give up and quit. But the right response is to endure by faith, trusting God, because hardship is ultimately for our gain. And then thirdly, we to rely on God's grace and to make every effort to live in peace with others and to be holy. 
verse 14 and 15. And uh, there's, there's quite a lot in that, but ultimately it is about relying on God's grace. You know, through your hardship, don't get so self-centered that you forget those around you. You know, let God's grace flow to you and through you to others. Find a way to bless and to encourage someone else who is also struggling. I'm going to interview uh, Harry now. Um, uh, amazing situation. Um, he's always inspires me. Um, and he's cycling from Land's End to John O'Groats. So, yeah. Hi, Harry. So, first of all, I know you're an avid cyclist, amongst uh, other things. And uh, I know you've more than once now cycled from Land's End to yep. John O'Groats. Um, yep. Uh, what's that about 850 miles it's uh to be exact it's 1032 miles <laughs> okay on the road okay right <laughs> so yeah well right, exact, it's quite that, a task yeah yeah what makes you want to do that sort of thing well it began with a, a kind of a random conversation with my friend Pete adams and we just kind of threw the idea around and then the idea became like a vision really that we kind of looked up material about it and began to make plans and and uh, counted the cost you know planned a route all of that we got a great book to help us and then you just put in the time of training we trained for months in advance you know doing uh you know 50 mile rides i think we did a 100 mile ride at the time just to get your body used to those kind of distances because we were averaging for 14 days day in day out we were averaging 72 miles also, I'll just say one of the incentives, really, we came up with the idea of doing it as a sponsored ride. So we raised about 4,000 pounds for a, a charity in Uganda that supports AIDS orphans. So that really gives an incentive. At that point, uh, you know, you don't feel you can give up. <laughs> you have to keep day in, day out. You kind of get in the zone and you just have to keep going. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So have, that, have that broader <clears throat> broader vision, broader mm. Yeah, context and uh, motivation for it. So when you're actually cycling, what, what are the hardest bits? Well, the, the, uh, the, the hills, really. I mean, it just uh, you're thrown in the deep end. Cornwall, the hills are short and sharp. The first few days in Cornwall and then up over Dartmoor, it's just you're climbing all the time. And I think the hardest part is when you've done 50 miles slogging up hills and then you realize you've got another 25 miles to do and the tank is nearly empty. So you have to dig deep. You really have to dig, uh, go beyond yourself and, uh, you know, find a, another level, really. And you always do. That's the thing. You always do. Can you, do you, do you forget about the worst moments? Or do they, you do, they, because they scarred every, on your memory. Every hill you slug up, you know, you're going to have a great downhill. <laughs> So, as long as the wind's in the other direction. <laughs> one of the best downhills was coming down Dartmoor into, uh, I think it was Moorhamptonstead. And it was just an incredible ride down, downhill. I, I, I think I reached my top speed fully loaded, you know, panniers full of 43 miles an hour down this snaking road down, down the backside of Dartmoor. Yeah, fantastic. So when you, when you talk about digging deep, what do you think are the keys to to doing that what are the keys to really keeping going so you know day 10 day 11 uh, those hard miles 
Yeah, I, I think it's, it's just literally you get in the zone and you just, it's putting one foot in front of the other. It's not whether you feel like doing even the start of a day. At, we get going about eight in the morning and you just have to pull yourself out of bed, grab a bite to eat, jump on the bike, and you're on that bike for seven or eight hours. So you just, you get yourself by the scruff of the neck, but through the day, you'll have ups and downs. You'll have times when you just feel, you know, just full of energy, and then other times that you're drained. So it really is a test of resilience. It's a test of uh, really your own capacity. And that's part of the, the fun of it and the adventure is that you're, you're, uh, you're, you're learning things about yourself along the way. You know, yeah. you've got a lot of time to think when you're on a bike slogging up a hill. Um, so have you got a next challenge? Well, we, Pete and I, we, we've talked about uh, doing it the other way. From <laughs> We've done it twice now. Uh, once, the first time we stayed in hostels, the second time we, we camped along the way. So that added extra weight to our bikes. But uh, we've thrown around the idea of doing from uh, John O'Groats to Land's End. You know, it's downhill all the way. <laughs> um, and when I was 22, I cycled two-thirds of the way across America. And I've always wanted to do the last third, which is about 1,500 miles. Whether at my age I can do that or will do that, I don't know. But it's, yeah. a, it's an elusive dream. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much, Harry. You're always an inspiration, so oh, appreciate well. that. It's uh, it's at a at a cost. <laughs> anyway, thanks. Good talking with you, Andy. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Bye bye. I always find that helpful and inspiring. Um, and as we seek to endure and to live more resiliently, let's be inspired by others, the heroes of faith. Uh, chapter eleven: Jesus Himself, and yes, Harry on his bike. But let's remember that that through it. We're being trained up to produce a harvest of righteousness and peace by a loving Father. Let's draw on God's grace and be people of grace to others in the midst of hardship. And the end of Hebrews 12 speaks of the world being shaken again to usher in a new heaven and earth. Uh, the writer, in fact, quotes from Haggai chapter 2 and verse 6. And this shaking happened then in the first century A.D., uh, when this uh, was written, uh, the Jewish economy was being shaken uh, and the temple was about to be destroyed in 70 AD uh, by the Romans. And then through the second and third centuries of, uh, uh, of history beyond that, there were devastating pandemics uh, across the world. And the world will be shaken again. But whatever happens as followers of Jesus, we are part of a kingdom, verse 28, that cannot be shaken. How amazing is that? And if you're watching this or you're listening to this and you recognise that our world is being shaken today, why would you not want to be part of something that can never be shaken? Earlier in chapter 4 and verse 7 of Hebrews, it reminds us that today is the day to respond to this amazing good news. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, it says. So today, if you're listening to this and, and you are hearing uh, in here God's message of hope, you sense it within. You know, I want to be part of this unshakable kingdom. I want to know this Jesus who endured the cross for me. Well, then don't harden your hearts. Don't resist. But say 
God, if that's really you, come into my life. Forgive me. Set me free. I will follow you. So here are some simple words that you can say where you are. It's a simple prayer, really. Are you ready? Well, here we go. Dear God, I recognise this world is being shaken, but that you have a greater plan. I'm sorry for not trusting you, but going my own way through life. Please forgive me. Thank you for your rescue mission that you sent Jesus who endured the cross for me. Please come into my life and help me to follow you. I choose today to trust you. Give me the strength to endure. In Jesus' name.